the letters of St. Paul frequently contain nuances that we can easily overlook. He is the master of making his point by using both eloquent and well-crafted points. Therefore, to really get to the riches of what he is saying, we must read his words very carefully. For example, in the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, which we read today, there are three sections that work in unison. St. Paul starts the first section by saying, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. St. Paul emphasizes that although some may consider his role as apostle and a preacher of the word of God as one that would gain for him public authority and honor, he, above all, experiences it as a position of humility and also of frequent persecution. He reminds us that the life of a follower of Christ is a life of service to others, and very often it is a life of being misunderstood and also mistreated. In the second section of today's epistle, St. Paul goes on to reaffirm this by making three important and sharp contrasts. First, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute as one of the most important leaders of the early Christian community, do we not expect him to say the exact opposite? Would we not expect him to emphasize how wise, how strong, and how honorable he is? But why does St. Paul speak of himself as being a fool for Christ's sake, as weak, and as held in disrepute when he was in fact the most knowledgeable in Christ, very strong in Christ, and also very well respected. St. Paul then, and today, warns the Christian community that there are two very different kinds of honor. There is the honor in the eyes of God, and there is honor in the eyes of people. Unfortunately, these two often conflict with each other. Every day, we are challenged to choose between them and ask ourselves, do we live predominantly to please God or to please people? It would be ideal if we could do both. But when we are faithful to God, others consider us strange or out of touch with the newest fad or trend. What is the reaction of your friends when they find out that you go to church and you pray? Do you pick your music or watch programs based on what everyone else is following or based on whether the lyrics and shows and lifestyle they present align to biblical practices and even basic decency? Do you dress in ways that attract inappropriate attention or are modesty and self-respect your guiding principles? There is a saying, 
If we don't live how we believe, then we will soon believe how we live. Unfortunately, we often align what we say, what we do, and where we go with whatever is popular rather than what is eternally true in the eyes of God. We try to be relevant and also want to seem important around people who are not that important themselves rather than focusing on what is eternally true in the eyes of God. We try to be relevant, but that is often short-lived. We settle by not speaking the truth when needed or are afraid to get criticized or left out of the very cool crowd. However, our faith only becomes real in these kinds of daily decisions that set us apart, where we must choose between fitting in or living faithfully. These situations give us an opportunity to both strengthen our commitment to God and to witness to those around us that we are living a life of virtue and that our faith means something very practical in our life. If we are faithful to the Word of God, there will be consequences in our personal life and consequences in how others see us. We cannot control whether people love or hate us. This should not be our primary concern because St. Paul reminds us that loving God frequently means we will be persecuted in some way or another. In the logic of the world, it is foolish to lose friends. But in the logic of faith, it is even more foolish to lose God. Therefore, every day in our life are divided loyalties that are stretched as we face choices that either please others or please God. We must choose between the unchanging wisdom of God or the shifting trends and opinions of those around us. In the, in the third section of today's epistle, St. Paul honestly tells us the consequences of living a life of faithfulness to God. St. Paul does not promise us comfort, happiness, or an abundance of friends. Rather, he says something that is not very appealing. He says, to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Ironically, he does not tell us how to avoid these things that bring us discomfort, but rather alerts us to expect them. So if you sometimes feel left out of the crowd, know that it is probably because you are living with higher principles and standards than that crowd. The section we read today closes with, I urge you then, be imitators of me. St. Paul tells us, when we choose to follow God, people will misunderstand us and we will suffer. However, by choosing God, 
we will suffer temporarily, but we will also experience a joy that lasts much longer than the trends of whatever transitional trend is there in this shopping season. These three sections in the letter of St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians all intertwine to emphasize that we who follow Christ should expect honor with God, blessings from God, and happiness with God, but we should not expect honor, acceptance, and the friendship of all people. It is, very simply, quite impossible to have both. Every day, we must choose between doing what is right in God's eyes or doing things simply because we want to fit into the crowd. The, the key for us today is to ask ourselves, which one of the two will we choose?